everyone. Welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. This is episode three. Good four. Mo- four. Episode four. How could I forget episode three? Right. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. I miss you. I miss you. It seems like uh, we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, for those of you listening, this is the first time since our first podcast, me and Gary are actually in the same space doing the podcast. Oh, snap. So, that yeah. means this is going to be a good one. Oh, we're going to, everyone's going to enjoy this. It's going to yeah. be wonderful. Yeah. I had someone tell me that uh, they were listening yeah. and then they kind of lost interest and they stopped listening <laughs> like halfway through and I'm like... But that's where the good stuff was. Like, right? it takes us that long to get into something good. So bear with right. us. It takes us 10 minutes of getting through our other stuff to get into the actual, like, meat of the right. podcast. So if you're listening, hold on for another eight minutes. <laughs> we'll get there. I promise you. I think that should be our tagline. Like, yeah. just, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Be patient. Listeners. Yeah, something good will come out of this. I oh, promise. That's bloody. All that's right. Funny. So we do this to help. Uh, people know their pastors a little bit. This is also an opportunity to hopefully grow your faith. Last time we talked a little bit about uh, what it means to be reformed. The time before that we talked about our favorite uh, passages, that kind of thing. And so we're going to get into a little bit of a different topic this time because we are joined by our supported seminary student, from the Sheldon campus, Mr. Jamie Negus. Hey. Yay! How's it going, Jamie? Very good, very good. Glad to be with you guys. Oh, <laughs> I'm really glad you're here. This is going to be a lot of fun. You know why? Why? Because me and Jesse can tag team on our seminary student, and we can give you, like, all kinds of quizzes that we had to have, and oh. we uh, – we can rake you over the coals just am, like we had to be raked over the coals. I am so looking forward to the next 20 minutes of quizzing. Oh, it's man. It's going to be great. Were you ever on a – like, I don't think a podcast was a thing when I was in seminary. No, no. That The closest I ever got was featured in the uh, seminary magazine, which oh. had four total subscribers. So – uh, you might, this might be the same thing. Two of which were your mom and dad. Exactly. And one of which was my sister. So it was, it was me and one of my professors who actually read the thing. Oh yeah, that's fun. Yep. So the fun part of this is that Jamie's going to, uh, give us a little bit of his journey, uh, give us a little bit of how he felt God's calling and what the outcome of that could be is hopefully maybe somebody out there has a little bit of a uh, understanding of how God is calling them mm-hmm. and how God is working on their life mm-hmm. and what God is calling them to a little bit. So mm-hmm. all of that being said, uh, I'm really glad you're here, Jamie. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. All right, Jamie, tell us about what you're studying right now, where you're studying, and uh, what kind of degree you're working towards. Uh, right now, I'm going to Sioux Falls Seminary, obviously in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hmm. Um, working on getting to the EPMC, which is the program for uh, candidacy for the Christian Reformed Church, hopefully to be a minister of the word. Uh, the degree I'm going after is called Master of Divinity. That's kind of the standard for most most pastors in the evangelical world hmm. so so tell us a little bit about kind of what got you there to this point where you decided that uh the lord was calling you to seminary tell us a little bit about your faith journey to this point mm-hmm. sure well just a little bit about me i grew up in sutherland iowa so not too far away from sheldon and in orange city 
Um, I grew up there, moved uh, to Sheldon once I met my wife to fast forward really fast. We were looking for a bunch of different churches and we ended up in Living Waters, the last one. They just opened a couple months before here at the Sheldon campus. <laughs> Oddly enough, the first time we were there, we just felt really at home and uh, signed up for a community group that, that day. And it's kind of been history ever since. One of the community group sessions we studied was uh, Kyle Eidelman's Not a Fan. Mm. And that was one that really challenged me in my thinking on what it meant to be a Christian. You mean, I just can't say I am and do some good things and that's it? Mm. No, it was actually being what Jesus said, a follower, actually obeying him and doing what he said. After that, I had a lot of questions and I was looking at it. Uh, looking at a bunch of them, like, what does it mean to be saved? And then I was going to a Reformed church. What is that? I, I don't know what Reformed is. I was a group Lutheran, and I'd heard about Reformed, but I didn't know what it was. And when mm -hmm. I started getting into the doctrines of grace or the five points of Calvinism, I really started to see this throughout Scripture. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward a couple years, I was in my job at DuPont Pioneer in Orange City here. I wasn't entirely happy with my job. It, wasn't, it was a good job, but I just wasn't happy there. Really was feeling going back to school. I just had been looking at a bunch of different schools and stuff, wanting to do that, and I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Well, then a couple years later, after him hawing about it, I finally got to the point where I was like, I think seminary is the point or where I want to go. But mm -hmm. is this for sure? Lord, I, I think you want me to go to seminary. Make it possible for me if that's the case, because I'm just not sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wouldn't recommend always laying out the fleece, but that's <laughs> kind of what I did. And in May, when I was in a different position, like a district seed salesman, I got laid off. Mm -hmm. And right at that moment, and even before that, because I kind of talked to Jesse the night before about it, this might be the time where I'm going to get called to something. Sure. And... Uh, Sure enough, I got laid off. And in that moment, I knew it was God's will. And it was, I just felt peace in the moment, knowing that I was on the right direction. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, you said something in there that I want to spend a little bit of time on, because a lot of your aspects of your story feel like some of mine as well. And I'm guessing, Jesse, uh, you would say the same thing. But one thing that you said was uh, it created a lot of questions. And so you started asking this, wondering this. I want to see what you guys think about this. We often equate our faith with answers, right? And so if the pastor knows the right answer, uh, then he or she is kind of closer to God somehow. Or if I would just find the right answer, then my faith would be going well. But it feels like really deep faith, really true faith, is often built on questions. Yeah. Like it's built on, I just wonder about the points of Calvinism. I wonder about salvation. I wonder about faith. Like I just had a meeting with a guy this week that um, it's just, it was so awesome because he kept asking, is this real? Am I, am I missing something? Like what, what is this feeling? And I kept saying, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the creating questions within you. Yeah. There's something about true faith being shown as questioning, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I think uh, we, we, especially in the Reformed tradition, we have this innate ability to, con to, to conflate uh, 
knowledge and wisdom with mm. faith and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the, the fact is, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but your faith life is absolutely terrible. Conversely, mm -hmm. you could have the greatest faith life in the world, but you you don't necessarily have know what the finer points of Calvinism or any other denomination is. So mm -hmm. I would completely agree with you in that faith does not is not predicate upon what we know. Mm -hmm. Faith mm -hmm. is predicate upon nothing else other than the Spirit saying, you are mine, mm -hmm. and I'm going to give this to you. And yes, questions are a large part of that because it allows us to dive deeper into the scripture, to dive deeper into our prayer life, to, to trust others, which allows us to grow deeper in the Lord. So mm -hmm. absolutely, mm -hmm. questions and, and faith are sometimes synonymous with one another. It feels like it. Most times. Yeah. So Jamie, you said when you started questioning some of that stuff, that's when you recognized, hey, there's another calling here. There's, there's something that God is asking me to do. And my hope is you're still questioning, right? Like, are there still questions that you have? Like, what, what's your feel right now about questions and answers? Uh, to put it uh, kind of in a sim simple terms, when you answer one question, you have 10 more. Mm, yep. So you just, it, I think the Christian faith, and I haven't been in true faith for as long as you guys have, but it just seems to me that the Christian faith is that. Mm -hmm. When I finally find an answer, I'm going to have 10 more. Right. And, it's, it's just, and some things we're never going to know. Right. It's, we, it's faith. You, you just trust right. and know that God is sovereign and that I don't have to know everything, but I know one thing, and God is truth. Amen. Amen, Amen to that. What, what I find very interesting is this kind of touches in on, on a thing I, I often like to, to repeat about Scripture. There are different denominations out there who have different viewpoints, and they all have their own scriptural backing. And I've had this question a lot of times, well, how come the Reformed Church believes this and they have their own scriptures, mm -hmm. but then someone like the Baptist Church has this and they have their own proof texting scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say it's, it's not so much that scripture conflicts with itself. Right. It's for every issue that we, that we understand in scripture, it has an, an opposite effect, not to separate, but to draw you further in, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. When we have one question, 10 more appear, which is in a way the Holy Spirit only can do to bring us closer to him, to find answers we're never 100% right. going to get. Right, right, right. But that's not the point. The point isn't the answers. The point is the search. Oh, you know? write that down. I know, right? Mic drop. That was amazing. Yeah, oh, let's just be done. Yeah. I think that was it. Yep. Jimmy, good to see you. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, this is about the point where people would be tuning out. So, yeah, exactly. So, so don't tune out. Don't tune out. Oh, Stick in. Yeah, there's so much more good coming. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. But anyway, what? so Jamie, I got one quick question for you to kind of to kind of lighten the lighten the mood here, mm. what is your favorite thing about seminary, and what is the most challenging thing about seminary? Ooh. I think my favorite part is I'm in a program called Kairos, which I get to do a lot of distance learning. My favorite part is probably getting to go up to campus for a week for intensives. Mm. They call it the gathering now. And I get to be around a bunch of brothers and sisters from other denominations mm -hmm. and have dialogue and learn from each other. And yeah, we do debate on things, but at the end of the day, we, we come together in our common faith. Um, so I really enjoy that part. The most challenging part, I guess, 
I would say for me, it's just balancing everything in life. Yeah. You, uh, you didn't introduce us to this before, but uh, obviously married with uh, two kids. And so that takes a lot of balance there, correct? Just trying to figure it all out. You know, you brought something up there, just hearing the Kairos program and hearing the, the distance learning. <coughs> Man, that is so, the, the ease of furthering your studies, uh, the, the ability to be in a location, not have to drive up there, all that kind of stuff is great. But one of the downfalls might be, and I'd be interested to talk with somebody at Sioux Falls Seminary about this, especially uh, when I was going to seminary, and I think you would say some of the same, Jesse, part of the deal was the community, like yeah. being around people, even if, you know, there wasn't necessarily campus housing and that kind of thing, but just being in classes together, uh, having breaks together, all that kind of stuff. There was a, uh, there was a, a misery loves company kind of thing, almost like, hey, this is really hard but we're doing it together kind yeah. of thing. Do you, and I don't mean to say, Oh, what was you? You don't get this, but like, is that a hard thing that you felt, Jamie? Is there like ways for you to com- connect with other students? Well, I've actually been pretty lucky. I haven't really been on my own because mm. I do have Ben and I do have Brady. They're going to Sioux Falls yeah, Seminary. Right. We go to the same church, but yes, I can see where with, even other people being together with them. That is kind of a tough thing, mm-hmm. um, especially if I were all alone. And I, and I think that's, uh, <clears throat> that's one of the challenges of not only seminary, but challenges of kind of, kind of us as a church as well, right? Is the oh, yeah. aspect of community. I mean, when it comes to seminary, yes, I, I very much agree with you, Gary. Um, when I was there, there was more than one day uh, more than several days where we would just go upstairs and play ping pong, mm-hmm. not even really studying, but just bonding with one right, another. Right. And I lived in uh, Summit Heights, which at that time was the, the campus housing, the intentional mm-hmm. community. So I very much enjoyed seminary for the communal aspect. Right. And I think it's very healthy for you, Jamie, and for us as a church to remember that not only uh, does Jamie have a community surrounding him with these guys mm-hmm. you know, who are also going to seminary, but we as a church have to surround our seminary students with community in lieu of seminary not right. always providing. Right, very so. true. Transition. Transition. What are you reading right now? Like, is there resources that you're just being, having your mind blown or uh, anything that's really overwhelming you as far as Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? The one that's really been challenging for me right now is the book, When Helping Hurts, mm. How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor and Yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know a whole lot, and I still don't, about helping others in need. And the one of the concepts in it was we, as a Western culture, see it as well, if they're poor, let's just give them stuff. Sure, sure. You know, let's just give them money. Let's give them whatever. Well, in, in all honesty, that doesn't really help the problem. That just alleviates the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's one of the biggest things that's really ringing with me right now. And that's in a class called Mission of the Church. And I'm enjoying it quite, quite honestly right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
that's just the one book that's really challenging me right now. That's a fantastic book. And I think I've recommended this to you before, Jamie, not just that book, but also Toxic Charity, mm-hmm. kind of along those same lines, like how do we give without actually, it's the difference between uh, between empowering someone and enabling someone. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can see why those would be fantastic books for you. Um, one, one quick question. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about your pastoral call now i know it's way early on in the process but everyone gets into this call with a hope or an expectation of what god is going to use them for so what are you hoping that the good lord allows you to be used for Mm. well let's ask each other that a little bit and let him think about it a little bit because uh when you're saying that Mm -hmm. I, I went right away to, like, why did I go to seminary? And all of those, like, initial classes when they would ask, like, kind of how you got started or whatever. Yeah. So if you were to answer this, why did you go to seminary? I went to seminary for uh, two or three reasons. First of all, the Lord called me to do so, mm-hmm. you know, and I fought it for years. But eventually the Lord always gets his will. So know, let's push always. pause there for a second. And if somebody is listening saying like what does it what does it feel like to be you said the lord was calling you like yeah. what should somebody be listening to if to see if the lord is calling them does yeah that make sense? yeah and and we we define it as an external and an internal and then you know mm-hmm. affirmation and that kind of stuff but, for, but at least for me it was it was the idea of from probably 24 25 when i was you know right after college because i went to college for so many years uh, for me, with the uh, with the internal call, it was this overwhelming feeling of knowing that whatever I did was not according to the Lord's will, but I was going to do it anyway, right. until I actually accepted the fact that the Lord's will was seminary, mm-hmm. to the point that I'm a very stubborn person, as both Jamie and Gary can attest oh, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocker. And so, for me, it was to the point where... Um, the Lord told me to go to seminary, go to seminary. And for years and years, I didn't do it, preferring to do youth ministry and homeless ministry, which he, which he used mm-hmm. later on. But he brought me to a point where it was so firm that I'm going to make you homeless unless you do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not the most, haven't been historically, I'm learning, but I haven't been the most discerning person. Mm-hmm. And so for him, it was a kick in the face and saying, guess what? You know, you're supposed to go. You're not doing it Sure. remove everything else. Sure. And that coupled with the idea of people constantly saying for years, you need to be a pastor. You need mm-hmm. to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. It's that external affirmation as well. That's so. really well, uh, well put the external and internal affirmation. Mm-hmm. Looking back at my story now, like trying to recognize both of those they were both there, but I don't know that I knew what to call it, so to speak. Mm. Like, I kept saying um, just this gut ache. Like, I, I tried restaurant, I tried uh, different jobs, and just this gut ache of this isn't it. Right. Like, nothing else was quote unquote working. And I don't even know, if, like, working how. Well, like, it just, I would come home at night, I would lay in bed and be like, something's missing. Like, it's, it's just not it. It's the difference between doing something good and something holy. Oh, yeah. Is how I would put it. I could do good work out in the mission field. Right. You could do good work at the at, at Pizza Ranch and whatnot. 
but we couldn't do holy work. Right, right. That's well and said. So that's how I would describe it. Mm -hmm, but, uh, mm -hmm. So now that you have a couple of examples, Jamie, why seminary? <clears throat> it's kind of like yours, Gary. I, just throughout my career, my short career, it was just something missing. I was always looking for something better, always looking for a better job, yep, yep. always looking for something. And then when I, when I started having these questions, I kind of, I know I keep saying felt, but it's that gut ache. You just feel drawn to it. You're drawn to it. And eventually that turns into, hey, I think I want to do this. I can't imagine myself doing anything else, but right. studying this stuff and teaching it to others and growing with others alongside them. Yep. Yeah. Which, which kind of answers that, that question I started out with. I mean, and I might be putting words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it sure seems like what you're looking forward to as far as pastor, uh, pastor work, as far as your calling, is teaching others, right? Mm. Learning and then teaching. Am I correct in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. very much so. Yep, there you go. Uh, we probably better wrap this up, I suppose. We probably better. And I think I think what we should do is before we do, number one, we should do two things. We should quickly touch on sermons. Oh, good call. And then we should also ask Jamie a series of fun questions that the congregation wants to know. I was uh, I was thinking we should break out like Bible trivia. Oh, like what's the second book of the Bible? And right. How many how many animals did Abraham bring on the ark? Right. Jamie, how many animals did Abraham bring on the ark? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> no, no, don't miss the question. No, no, no. Don't miss the question. <laughs> but, uh, Think through what I just said. Think through what I just said. How many? You don't know for sure. No, 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 no. You're missing it. How many animals did Abraham bring? <laughs> Abraham, none. None. Bravo. Bravo. Well done. Oh, cheesy, cheesy pastor joke. Oh, uh, Q, I mean, Q laugh. Yeah, Q laugh track. Uh -huh. We're going to have to get producer Lee in here to install oh, laugh track. Oh, man. By the way, shout out Lee Stover. Just uh, listen to his Spotify list. He's got over 200 some followers. Hashtag well done. Man, he well is done. awesome. Go, go to Spotify and listen to Lee Stover's uh, spot. Spotify playlist. Mm -hmm. He's really, really good at what he does. He's very good at what he does. And someday, when if such, when he gets famous, I fully anticipate that we get a cutback for we, this promo. We better. We better. Man. <laughs> All, right, All right. So, what do you want to? What do you want? What do you think the congregation wants to know about uh, seminary student Jamie Nugas? Mm, so, I, if I was in the congregation, uh, just just having known very little about Jamie, I would ask number one. Uh, how did you meet your wife? Hmm. And number two, what do you do for fun? Oh, good question. Thank you. Uh, well, my wife's name is Brittany. I met her Brian. actually online. What? Oh, I didn't online. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really meet anyone serious in college, so I came home and eventually I got all my other friends are getting married and stuff. So I was like, ah, I suppose I better try to meet someone. So <laughs> Cause that's uh, what you do in Northwest <laughs> Iowa, right? So I went online and, uh, uh, I don't know if I'll embarrass her. It's fine. Uh, she was, she'd been on, she'd been on Christian mingles that we met on yeah. for a long time and had some, uh, pretty good dates. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and, uh, I was on it for a total of like three weeks and I met her and game nice. over. So, I didn't have to go through all the painful meetings and stuff. So that's fantastic. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It, um, 
it, it worked for us. And there's a lot more people that are meeting that way. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Century, man. Uh -huh. 21st century now. Hey, what about this? We should do a podcast episode where we create a profile for you. Oh, <laughs> oh. 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 I couldn't even say it without uh, starting to laugh because oh. isn't there like a. There's, this has got to be a sitcom staple, right? Like, oh, the friends create a profile without him I knowing it. Like, guarantee. I am so gonna go do that. Oh, oh that's gonna be fun. This is this turned out awful for me. Yeah. Uh, so this podcast is over. I Bye. love it. This oh, is that was a great output. So let's move on to the second question. Yeah. Uh, what? So we don't have to talk about my dating life anymore. <laughs> um, what is? What do you do for fun? He creates profiles yeah. for his pastors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean what do I do for fun of course <laughs> I like to read a lot I used to read a lot of Star Wars books but now I read it sounds kind of boring but I read a lot of theological stuff so that's I find that really fun mm -hmm. I like to spend time with Brittany and the kids watch some movies with them um, and I really like napping <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't get those very often anymore oh, that's awesome. when I do I enjoy a good nap so let me ask one more, and this is kind of a follow-up to what you just said, and that'll be the end of the, the questions for me. Star Wars. Mm. We yep. are both Star Wars fans. Who is the best character in the Star Wars original trilogy and why? Ooh. This actually, this is going to say a lot about him. It is. Right? It is. Like, this is a personality profile. Absolutely. Uh, I go. like this. I'm anxious. Oh... Uh... I, you know, I'm going to have to say it. I like Darth Vader. He's just awesome. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Powers and stuff. But hey, at the end, he turns out to be good. So it's yeah, that's like, redemption story, right? Yeah. Like God redeems everything. And, and I respect that answer. You're, in, you're incorrect. The answer was Greedo, but you know, that's cool. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It wasn't Greedo. That's I, I just like the fact that he didn't go so when you were asking that question, I have my own personal opinion, but I also think like, oh, there's going to be, it's one of three answers, like right. Han Solo, uh, yeah. Luke or Leia, right. that's going to be your top ones. Yoda. Yoda. Yep. Obviously those are going to be the top ones, but you kind of went outside the box there, went yeah. for Darth Vader. And I like the redemption idea. Like that's pretty awesome. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. What about you, Gary? I was, I, when you first, asked it i i kind of went to han solo yeah. um <coughs> we've talked about this a whole bunch of reasons like uh the hero of the story i like the hero always and that's kind of cliche or whatever but i really like his his confidence mm. and that to me portrays like oh i would like to have that kind of confidence like hey i am what i am i'm gonna do my thing and i like the how about this he's not always on the quote unquote good side but he's not on the quote unquote bad side like he just kind of operates like hey right i do my thing and it intersects with what the good side does yep. quite often yep but he's not gonna like label himself any of that makes sense it makes total sense I, it fits well i mean this is an excellent character profile. it is oh, isn't it wow yeah all right so then jesse you know, again, character profile, Mr. Lando Calrissian. <laughs> I like the swagger. I like the cockiness. Yeah, I like yeah, Lando. Yeah. 
He's a great dude. He yeah. uh, he has that swagger going for sure. He definitely does. And, and like we said, we can relate to anyone in the Star Wars. I'm like, Lando is the oh, coolest man. guy. Isn't that interesting? How there's a, that is a personality profile. Mm-hmm. It very much is. It very much is. Wow, we just lost like three fourths of our audience. Also, especially Star Trek fans who are like, I want to talk about Mr. Spock. <laughs> Let's identify with him, right? Exactly. I think uh, the other half. Of um, the ones that we left are like, what's Star Wars? Yeah. Like, what? What? I thought I, we were talking about God. Where right? What What just happened? Uh, and, and welcome to the tangents, if uh, you're a first-time listener. And the really cool thing is, I just had this conversation with somebody else, too. Like, um, even there, like, you can see the redemption. You can mm-hmm. see the, the good, dark battle. Like, there's glimpses of God in all of those things. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to do, at some point, a whole series on podcast of diving into movies. Wow, like, diving into the redemption of movies and the theology of movies. That would be amazing. I'm so excited. That's going to be cool. Jamie, you want to be in on that? Sure. <laughs> I that. Like, uh, yeah, I got like 18 other papers to write. Right. He's like, well, you got to be done. I got to write. I got to go, man. All right. Well, it has hey, been one. so fun to have you on here, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. I appreciate it. You want to stick around for a recap of the sermon or you want to be done? Yeah, I'll stick around. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll do commentary. Transition. Transition. What did you preach on last week, Jesse? Uh, last week we preached on, uh, I believe, at both campuses, we preached on the triumphal entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus uh, go actually entering into Jerusalem on a donkey. Mm-hmm. And we really focused her, uh, very pretty hard on going in on the donkey, fulfilled the prophecies of Zechariah 9, Zechariah 9, verse 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of Jesus coming in as, as humble instead of a warrior, the mm-hmm. prince of peace. And uh, how that how that relates to us and how it affects us. Mm-hmm. I think um, uh, this one more so than uh, the last few messages really dove deep into the scripture and tying it back into the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was very exegetical message. I mm-hmm. think. So mm-hmm. what what about you? Gary? Yeah, yeah, same series. So we did uh, triumphal entry. Also, I actually I took the opportunity to have all four gospels represented. Mm. And so I had somebody read from Matthew, and then I gave like five minutes of uh, commentary, Mark, five minutes of commentary, Luke, five minutes of commentary, and then John. And what was interesting about that was you see little different glimpses of the exact same event, right? Like you see what's highlighted in each one of them. And what I tried to do there, what I tried to show was all of these little glimpses not only look back to uh, the Zechariah, to the Psalms, um, Mm -hmm. the one where they were shouting Hosanna, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, is actually from a psalm that the people were singing, likely when they were rebuilding stuff, when they were doing the the temple again. Mm -hmm. And there was an expectation of the people and there was this hopefulness of the people. Mm-hmm. And so I challenged us, like, for one, are we that hopeful? But for two, are we hoping for the right thing? Because you know this, uh, the word Hosanna means save, right? Yeah. The, the palms that they laid down was actually like a national 
symbol. Yeah, we, we actually dived into Isn't that, that crazy? In, in Sheldon, and we dived into where those palm trees actually came from, right. all the way back to First Maccabees. Isn't that weird? You know, where it was a the symbol of the, the is or the, at least not the Israelites at that time, because it was in 176 right. BC, mm-hmm. but they, where the, the, the Jewish people, they come in after a victory, waving palm branches, and right. how 200 years later, Christ comes in with that exact same victory. Right. And what I found fascinating, even through this message, and I know a lot of people did too, was the idea of we don't really know where these traditions come from mm-hmm. until we actually explore them. Right, right. So the idea of palm branches, even though we celebrate them on traditionally Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. diving into where they actually came from really connects to the power of the salvific Christ. I'm amazed at the you details know? that God has, right? And Amen. when you start unraveling that onion, there's so many layers to it. And so then the challenge became, what are you expecting God to do in your life? Mm-hmm. And does it line up with what he wants to do? Because right. I would argue that a lot of the Israelite people were like, hey, he's going to save us from the Roman government. He's going to uh, reestablish the, the temple and everything's mm-hmm. going to be great for us right now. Yep. As opposed to what he was really doing was zooming out and saying, Hey, I'm going to redeem the whole world. I'm yeah. not going to redeem just one people. Yep. I'm going to be a savior in a way that you aren't expecting a savior. Yep. And that's exactly what we touched on too. The that's idea, cool. you know, the idea of Jesus, the expectation was Jesus is going to come in to over, you know, quote unquote, overthrow things and set up a, a temporal kingdom. Mm-hmm. But the understanding now and in, in through his actions, it's not just a temporal kingdom, it's an everlasting kingdom. Amen. Amen. You know, so, which is fascinating and beautiful. And, right. Uh, All of that combined. Right? And, and so for this week's message, we're actually kind of diving into, into those same exegetical themes, comparing and contrasting the different, uh, the, the different gospels with one another as we talk about in mm-hmm. both campuses um, Jesus overthrowing or cleansing the temple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're going to be looking at least in Sheldon primarily at the book of Mark, but we're also going to be tying it in with Matthew and a few other things. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty excited about it as we talk about cleansing and purity, uh, during the season of Lent. Right. So, uh, Orange City is going to have guest preacher, uh, Cliff Hookstra. Yep. And I'm going to spend time in Rock Rapids. And so shout out to Cliff. Hashtag awesome. Hashtag awesome. Yep. Uh, he's going to be preaching on the same thing. Uh, what I'm interested in, just Christ using anger in a good way. Yeah. And the idea of we just write off like, oh, you're not supposed to be angry. Yeah. Well, yes and no, I guess. It, 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 he wants passion, right? He wants you to be upset about the things that are worth being upset about, I think. Mm-hmm. And all of that cleansing comes out of Christ's passion to have the house of God be the house of God. Yeah. And it's so cool to me how he uses that passion. I'm reading um, Desiring God by mm-hmm. John Piper, if you guys have heard that one or read that one. Yep. And it goes all through this idea of it's not that we uh, shouldn't have passion. It's that our passion is often directed in the wrong place or directed to the wrong thing. Right. Uh, so if right. we're going to be zealous, we'd be zealous for God yep. in the right way. Yep. And just, there's so much there, I think, for cleansing. Righteous anger, which leads to cleansing in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Interesting. It's going to be good. Yeah. So what do you think about triumphal entry? Just say it was awesome. Yeah. And we'll move on. 
It was awesome. Fantastic. It's a cool thing, though, all those details, right? Yeah, that's what I really liked about it. Just how God has the bigger – you get the bigger picture, but under the bigger picture, there's all these just little details that weave in together to make this story just – mind-blowing and like every biblical story just mind-blowing yeah yeah holy tapestry of scripture amen fantastic so So we're going to keep doing the lent series uh cleansing the temple uh is the next week uh, depending on when you listen to this and so uh come and join us at sheldon or orange city uh 10 o'clock one of the hopes again of this podcast is you not only get to hear a little bit from your pastors, but maybe, just maybe, uh, you get to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ that you haven't heard before. And so, uh, recognizing that he is the way, the truth, and the life, meaning he can change that life. He yep. can redeem all that stuff we talked about with Star Wars, too. Yep. Uh, Jesus Christ is the one that can redeem your life. Maybe that's the first time you are hearing that. Mm-hmm. If so, man, we would love to talk with you more about that. Uh, shoot us an email, because we're in the... 20th century and we operate on email yep we don't go for that twitter stuff we don't do none of that young kid things there was a there was a facebook shutdown this week if you heard about that was it really yeah it was like a blackout wow and everybody was like thinking that it was uh the year 2000 all over again (laughs) it was a disaster because (sighs) because none of the millennials could go on and see what color shirts their friend keith was wearing (laughs) but i would even say it wasn't millennials it was like my age, a little bit older, oh, like yeah. 40, 50 year olds who use Facebook. Cause right? Because nobody, no millennial uses Facebook anymore. No, now all the kids are into Insta Chat and Snapgram and <laughs> all this other stuff that <laughs> I don't understand. Kids I don't now. understand these kids. They need to get off my lawn. We, you know? we need to cut the last five minutes. Yes, yeah, we do. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, Jamie, it has been so good to get to know you. Uh, thank you for being on here. Any parting words? Thanks for having me on. I guess there you go. Thank you. I have to edit out Uh, ten seconds of silence there. Jamie, future preacher, just uh, 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 oh, that's fun. God bless you, Jamie. Thank you for being here, Jesse. It's always good to talk to you. Always a pleasure. All right, peace out, gentlemen. Bye, everybody.